Hey, good morning, church. Uh, my name is An. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, well, welcome to Christian Layman Church. Uh, I had a really fun time last night watching the Warriors game. Uh, I know one person in here who's from Portland. Uh, it was a somber moment for him for three straight games. I've been texting him. No replies. So I text his girl. So I text his girlfriend. Um, and so he says that he's really depressed right now. You know, it's okay. Oh and three. Monday will come soon for you. So it's okay. Um, you know, church, there's a problem that we have in our church community. Um, you know, and the problem is that I've been hurt by the church community. So what now? So what I mean by church community um, it's really anybody that's inside and outside our church. Maybe you're part of a, a parachurch, a Bible study, a fellowship. Maybe you're part of a Christian club. Maybe you've pretty much been a believer your entire life. Maybe this is your first time coming to church. Um, but if you confess Jesus, you're part of the church community. You know, my first day of on-the-job, first day of being, quote-unquote, a pastor, was about a year ago. After Sunday, after the commissioning, my Tuesday... Um, I had to reconcile a hurt that I did in our community. And it was one of the most challenging, strangest, weirdest things I've ever done. You see, because I didn't know that I hurt this person in our community. As a matter of fact, someone had to reconcile us and said, be in between us to actually reconcile us. And, you know, I wanted to apologize not because if I offended them that I wanted to apologize. I wanted to apologize because I did offend them. And so that process, that afternoon, was just heart-wrenching. It was hard. A lot of listening. A lot of just sitting. A lot of staring across from the table from the person that I try to reconcile with. You know, we as a church, uh, we suffer in community. It's hard. Um, especially if it's the hands of the very people that we do church with, right? So we've all suffered here in our church community. Now, what are some of the sufferings that we have had, definitely had before? Is it judgment? Is it stance? Is it lies? Is it misunderstanding? Not kind words? Is it incidents? Is it unintentional? Is it opinions? Is it sin? And this is my favorite one. Is it culture? Is it culture because of who you are, where you're from? Like, I'm Vietnamese too. I love Bumba Wei and Pho and whatnot. But is it culture as in the element of where we're at? Is it our environment? Is it being in Berkeley or Oakland or San Jose or being in the Bay Area or being a Westerner? You know, church, when we try to be in community, suffering or hurt would be part of it. But here's the thing. It's not all of it. You see, church community is about being in unity. And so um, I saw this at a local store, and I was like, oh, and different words you put on there. But it's about unity. And so, you know, unity. Now, as offenders or being offended, hurt has to be healed in Jesus. That's, that's the only way. Maybe some of you here have never hurt someone in church community. That's super swell. I am, I'm very proud of you. Here's the cool thing. Those who have never hurt anybody in church community... You get to walk along those who have been hurt that need to be healed. And so I'm going to call you peacekeepers. I'm going to call you blessed. Because it's true. Those who peacekeep are blessed. Now, maybe you here like hurting not just some people, but everybody. 
And this is when people right here are like looking around like, hey, hey me, dog, you know, like, like, but some of you need to understand that healing has to replace your hurting. And let me tell you this. There are peacekeepers here that are going to track you down. They're going to love on you. That's going to care for you. That's going to show you differently how to not hurt anymore. You know, we're currently going through our community series. And this is a series of study of just the united body of individuals for God. You see, in our community here, right, we all want to be known. We all want to be loved, right? But why is it so hard to be in community, right? It's, it's really, really hard. Now, our root verse for this series is in Acts 2, 46 uh, to 47. It says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. 47, praising God and enjoying the f- favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who have been saved. See, church, community is so important to God that we need to address problems in our community head on and actually talk about it and not just kind of go around it. See, because apart from God, like, we can't know what community is in him. Let's, let's pray, church, as we go into the word. Father, as we go into this morning, uh, may our distractions not hold us back from really just sending this time just to focus on what do you have to really capture our heart. There's a lot of worries here. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of things to look forward to next. But here right now, Father, in this time, may you give us a chance, Father, to come before you on our hands and knees with our ears and our mind and our focus on what you have in store for us, Lord. To think about communityology. What does it mean to be in community with you? Amen. So the problem is that I've been hurt by the church, so what now? I'm going to give you the answer up front. Here's the answer, okay? The answer is this, that we have a suffering Messiah that provides a revelation of suffering for us to give us clues to how to get unhurt, okay? So if we process our pain and we process our suffering through him, God's people will continue to come together to have our eyes fixed on things of truth. Here's the truth, that our help comes from him in all things, So here's our redemption, our redeemer, our salvation. Our hurt is healed with Jesus. And there's no better way for us to kind of know more about this healing. We're going to take a look into the the Gospels, and especially Mark 8, 22, 26. So if you have your Bibles with me, uh, please open it up. There's some Bibles in front of you. Uh, Say hello to your neighbor. They have a smartphone. Or it's right here on top for you too. So it says this on Mark 8, 22 to 26. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had, when he had spit on the man's eyes, put his hand on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? Verse 24. He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. 26. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Now what's the meaning of this short passage in Mark 8, 22-26? 
some of, some of the most best parables for me, I, I'm a spatial learner. I'm tactile. I like to touch things. I'm a feeler. I like seeing things in the open. This is called an enacted parable. These are the ones that Jesus performed. The one that Jesus doesn't talk about in the story, but he actually shows it, touches, does something. I mean, Jesus spits in a man's eye, yo. Like, this is, like, pretty interesting, right? Now, here's a glimpse of what to do when the church community hurts. There is healing. There's healing that is just not just emotional and feeling-wise, it's healing that's physical. And we're going to dive into these verses to have a better understanding. What is Jesus doing with this blind man? Verse 22. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Now, this town... This town was known as a small village that actually blossomed to a city. So you hear the word town, village. So it's actually true. Uh, it's on the east side of the Jordan River. And its name means house of fishing. This is the hometown of Peter, Andrew, and Philip. Now people were begging Jesus, right, to touch him. Out of desperation, out of healing. But check this out. This man wasn't doesn't know Jesus was there because, hello, he's blind. This man knows Jesus is there because his friends bring him to Jesus. The man's friend brings him for healing and requests him to be healed amongst all the other people. Okay. Now verse 23 and 25, this is where we're going to camp out at. And this is where we're going to definitely dive a little more into. So what's going to happen to this blind man? Now, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And where he spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus said, do you see anything? This is what Jesus does. He took him outside the city, this village, this town, so that he wanted to perform a miracle away from the people. Now, the people that was with this blind man was his community, right? It was was his, his little posse. I don't know how many people were there. The disciples and Jesus. This is a very intimate time together, a very personal time together. Where else in the Bible does he use spit? John 9, their saliva. And as he heals a man, Jesus kind of questions his healing. He says, um, do you see anything? Usually when Jesus heals, right, he doesn't question his healing. It's fast. It's really quick. But Jesus asks the question because he wanted to see if his miracle was going to work. You see, Jesus never quits. It's a process with him. Here, Jesus used a different method to get this man to be healing. And he used saliva. He used spit. Because it takes him a little while to heal. You know, there's different methods to healing things, right? Uh, I have two daughters. And so uh, for my daughters, when they have a runny nose, I try to use tissue I try to use this like booger snot like sucker. But the best tool that I have to use is my mouth. So I grab them. I hold them down. I suck their nose out with, the, with, their, with their saliva, the, their boogers, where it is. It's in my mouth and I spit it out. I, I mean, it's gross. I get it. No, you can nod your head and go, that's pretty disgusting, I'm. But you know what, though? But you know what, though? Culturally, culturally, it's free. Okay, I didn't pay anything except I rinse in my mouth 
And you know what? I get so much saliva and boogers that, you know what? I, and then, and this is what I do for Karis. Is it all gone? She's like, yes, daddy. I'm like, I win. See? See, I check the miracle. I check. It's not a miracle. I just check the way that I do it. And it works. It works. You know, we have different methods that we're going to do to heal our community. Now, I'm not asking you if you wrong someone to go up to them and suck their nose, okay? I'm not asking that, okay? I'm not asking that, all right? But what I'm saying is that Jesus uses different ways to heal relationships. He uses this method to literally spat on them. Now, look, the guy couldn't see anyway, so it didn't really matter. He probably thought it was water, okay? But he spat on his eye, right? He's like, what's that noise? <laughs> okay. Now remember, they're outside the city. So different things for different people. And for Jesus, he used a different method to heal. And it's really cool because you think about it, right? Jesus always tries to find something different to do. He never, 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 never ceases to surprise his disciples and the people that he heals. And so why shouldn't we think about ways we want to heal hurt in our community when there is a status quo, how to do it in our community, in our culture, in our background, who we are? You know, there's ways that we always do it. Um, I'm going to call up uh, these two young men that I've been discipling for, uh, for their college time, and they're about to leave. I'm going to call up Stephen Shelnut and Ethan Cook. Can you both come up real quick? Yeah, come up. Come up. Yeah, I like, yeah, I, like I don't disciple you or something, you know? They're like, who are you? What are you talking about? Now, to, to, to prove my point a little better, I'm going to give you some chocolate. So, um, so which, which one do you want? Okay, but you got to eat it messy. Okay? What, which one do you want? Are you going to suck my mouth? No, I'm not going to suck your mouth. Okay. Your mom and dad's here, for goodness. That's what I was asking. Okay, so eat the ch- I want you to eat the chocolate, and I want you to eat it like messy. Like, you know, just messy. Just, just go ahead. No, you're not sucking his mouth. <laughs> so, so Ethan here and Stephen Shonet, they, they're both graduates of our local college here. And uh, Ethan's going to be working somewhere in the Bay Area. And uh, Stephen Shonet's going to intern for the summer. And he's actually joined the Peace Corps um, in September. So uh, just eat your candy. Eat it messy. Y- yeah, sure. Just, <laughs> that's, that, I don't, <laughs> the, don't kiss your candy. I just, just eat it messy. It's all you have to do. <laughs> so look, as they're eating their candy, it's a little bit messy. Okay, thank you, Ethan. Yes, okay, Stephen. I don't, it's not even messy. Now, 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 this is what happens, right? Now, as some of you know, maybe some of your parents and some of you see children, maybe see you're at the mall somewhere and whatever it's too. Uh, another way that, that parents or people that kind of clean children or like adults, even a full grown adult, right? Your parents are there. Um, you have been ambushed by your mom or your dad's spit. Yes? Yeah? Would you say so? In a form of a napkin, Right? And you know what they do? They, they get the napkin, right? They just kind of spin on it, right? And so, oh, my son. Oh, you're so dirty, right? So, look, he's, Stephen, come over right now. So, like, Stephen, he's not dirty. He's a good son. But you want to make sure he's all clean, though, right? So, this one, you want to definitely make sure that the spin's all there. Oh, it is wet. <laughs> Can you give a hand for Ethan and Stephen? Now look, Jesus wants all of it to be clean, right? 
And so he finds a way. And look, we have, we have all been ambushed by it. I know I have. And even when you're a little bit dirty, they still make sure that that smudge is cleaning. Because this is what Jesus said. Jesus never quits. And so he's not going to fully quit on this blind man. So verse, here, verse 24, he says, He looked up and he said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Now, this, this man probably is going through the steps of seeing, and he sees like these just verticals of just things and they look like trees. And so he might know what trees are because maybe he's touched trees before as a blind person. Maybe he was never blind when he was growing up, and he saw trees growing up. And also being in Bethsaida, there's not many trees, right? So this is even more crazy that this area of, of part of the country, it's not like you just drive down a street and you go to like, you know, the mass forest we have here. It's, it's treeless. So he must have a really strong opinion about how he sees. Now, the reason why this is so critical, because this is the way that the, his disciples kind of knew who Jesus was. They, they kind of know who he is, but they're not very clear and fully understanding of the whole picture of who Jesus is. And this guy, this blind man, I think he was just satisfied. I see some things. People like trees. I'm happy. Like, this is great. Like, I'm, I'm satisfied. But this is what happens. He begins to kind of see these stages of healing because we hear what Jesus does is that today we all here kind of see maybe our faith and community and how we heal a community kind of dimly. But what if, if we fully understand God's glory for us, that we actually want to heal our community, church community, by the things that we want to see more clearly? Now, healing takes stages and time. And maybe some of you in community and church community, you've been broken for a long time. And maybe it's been not just seconds and minutes and hours, but it's been weeks, it's been days. Maybe for some of you, it's been years. Some of you, it's been decades that you have been fully healed from our hurt in our church community. Because if healing takes time, then some relationship who actually took up all this time to build up these relationships in our church community, well, it's no wonder that we ought to also take time to build back up these things too, to actually heal it. And it's going to take years and time and minutes and days and seconds. Then so be it. Then so be it. Now 25, it says this. 25, it says this. It says 25, it says, Once more, Jesus put his hand on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. Three in one. Two-part stage of healing this is where he heals. The power of Jesus overcome even the most difficult cases. And for him, it took time. It's a process, right? From healing to actually fully seeing through the hurt. This slow process, right, allows us to see and identify that Jesus shows us what it actually does to heal. And it takes time. And this time, he made sure this man was healed. You know, God's put people in your lives right now in the right places for you to really see what it means to be in community. But at the same time, too, he puts you in a certain postures and situations, too, for you to see that God wants a complete transformation of healing. Not just a partial healing, a full transformation. 
And so it's all or nothing with Jesus. So who are your friends? Who are your family that you know that takes shortcuts? That they don't want a full restoration. They want a partial restoration. But I guarantee you here, who here in your family and friends that you know that take full restoration, full responsibility, because for them it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. You know, peacekeepers, you need to do your thing. You're the ones that's going to allow the people that hurt people to be found and to be loved and to be cared and to be corrected and to be right. Not because of righteousness, but because, simply put, because healing is about Jesus and it's about love. Look, Jesus here doesn't abandon this blind man. He doesn't abandon his touch. He says healing will come. And he heals a man. He heals a man. Now this is what Jesus does. Verse 26, as we close up. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Now, Bethsaida was a really big village, town, city. He probably lived in the outskirts of the country or in a neighboring city. He didn't want what he did for this man to be known, to be seen, to be heard. Because Bethsaida, this town, this village, this place, rejected Jesus' healing, rejected Jesus himself. He says, you know what? Since you no longer want this full restoration, you don't want this healing, I'm going to take it away. And I'm not going to show you anymore, but I'm going to show the surrounding areas of where the city is, that I am there. And he told the man to, shh. Isn't it crazy how it's opposite? He healed a blind man, and he told him by the ear to be quiet. This entire life this man has been trying to see, he's been speaking. But for this instant, he told the man to be quiet. That's wild. The way that Jesus shows these amazing miracles and things. Now, this is our application. And um, this is our application process for you to kind of sit in and see and be. Now, all of us have been receiving and giving on the end of maybe a hurting way. Maybe some of us are receiving, giving, ending of actually healing. But church community it's really your time right now to consider what can you do in our church community to heal from hurt? You see, because Jesus used words, which are amazing, and he used deeds, which are amazing. Jesus will come and heal some of the craziest hurts because he wants the right way to do it, and it's going to take time. See, when it comes to community relationships, it takes steps. And so here are six steps for you to rebuild from hurt to healing in the church community. Because Jesus took six steps for this blind man. The first step for this, for this blind man, people brought the man to Jesus, step one. Step two, he begged Jesus to heal with his touch. Step three, Jesus takes the man away in privacy and heals him. Four, he touches the area where he's needed to be healed. And step five, he uses his spit to heal. And six, he says to be quiet. Now for you, here are your six steps to go from 
hurting to healing is one, come to Jesus. I don't care if you've been offended or you're the offender. You need to come to Jesus. And when you come to Jesus, it begins with step two. You beg Jesus to touch your heart. Because sometimes when you're the hurter or been hurted, you need Jesus in your heart more than the person that's hurted you. And if you're the person that hurt someone too, it's vice versa. You need to beg Jesus to touch your heart. Step three, go to a space to break bread. One of the most amazing things about the Bay Area is that there is a, probably a coffee shop next to you somewhere. And if there is no coffee shop, coffee being brought to you and you can make a little cool coffee shop in your apartment, in your house, in your car. And you can break bread with that person on the other line of the phone or in person to say, this is a start for us to actually have this conversation of healing. And maybe you, the person that you offended, they didn't even know that you offended them. Maybe the person you're so hurt right now that you can't even come to another person to ask for healing. But you may be the first person that confronts them and say, look, you hurt me in our community. And can we talk? And can we talk? Four, welcome God to heal where it is needed. I don't know where your hurt is. And so that's where you're going to tell Jesus and this person where it's at. Now five, a hug, a handshake, or is it tears? I don't know what body function you're going to give them to conclude this transaction of hurt and his feelings as community. Whatever method it is, I hope that it ends with some kind of physical touch the way Jesus gave this man to be blind, to be healed. Six, when healing takes place, it takes a long time. And maybe you have multiple coffee times, multiple chances of hanging out, multiple ways of just being together. But you sit with God in stillness and you pray. You read his word. You change yourself before you change somebody else. And if all this doesn't work, you repeat the steps. And I guarantee you, you will be fully restored in the way that Jesus restored this man. Because it takes time. It takes time. Only when we see Jesus' identity of his mission will we fully see him revealed to us to suffer on the cross. Are you willing to sacrifice and suffer for each other because of what Jesus did on the cross? To heal our church community. Now, I want to finish my story that I said on the first day of my pastoral ministry job. I don't know where we're at with this person. It's still an ongoing process. It's still a two-step process for me to heal with this person. But I knew from that table, I left it all there. I apologized. I did my best to understand and listen and to console but I still know that I cause a hurt in our community church here. And it's still ongoing for me to bring it to Jesus for the healing. And it's still taking time to, re- to rebuild back up this switch that we had. And I'm okay with that. Because it's biblical. And I'm a human. And look out there with Jesus. If I could do this to somebody, someone in our church that is quote-unquote serving somebody, I think you too could do the same thing to others. Sometimes I don't understand fully what, what, what makes sense, but I also don't have to fully understand because in due time, God will give me that understanding. 
amidst the storm of our church community, remember that we have Jesus sitting in our boat to settle the storm down because we're going to ride it out with him. And church, you have an opportunity to do that too. At this time, I'm going to give you a, a space and time for you just to pray and reflect. So church community, who, 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 you, who are you in the church community that wants to turn your hurt? And maybe you're healing to him. At this time, as the melodies and the songs are here, I want you to sit in it and pray and just be, and just be still. I'm going to give this time and space to do that.